Welcome to Texans Talk. I'm Josh McSwain here with my co-host AJ Torres. In case you didn't hear about it, which I'm pretty sure you would have, J.J. Watt was released by the Texans on Friday after a decade in the deep blue steel and battle red. Be the end of an era for a guy who is undoubtedly going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best pass rushers ever. Looking back, he and Von Miller were in the same draft class in 2011, and the two of them have the most sacks since the two of them came into the league. Miller just has a few more than Watt does. But J.J. Watt, even if he wasn't in his 20-sack-a-season form, he still is a very good player. He was really tough against the run this year, and I'm surprised that he was just outright released. You would think that the Texans could get at least a mid-round pick for him, even if they wouldn't have gotten a day-two draft pick, like a fourth-rounder, you know, whatever. It's better than getting nothing for the guy. Just another in the long list of head-scratching moves by the Texans' ownership. I think they there's a couple things to go about this. Now, if you're Nick Casario that had no ties to J.J. Watt, you're coming there as a businessman. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, as a businessman, I want the best offer available. So it's very frustrating when you're in that position and the owner makes the decision. Now, mind you, this just means that you're off on better terms. And really, I guess from there, right? I guess if you have a one day or retirement ceremony for JJ, it's not going to be, eh, this guy dealt me to a bad team. Heck with them. Heck with the fan, the McNairs. It, it's leaving on good terms because it was a bad situation. And everybody's going to remember his iconic speech. He talked bad about his team. He didn't mention names. Outside of that one incident with uh, Ross Blacklock. Mm-hmm. But he, he said that guys weren't preparing well. Guys weren't taking it seriously. He was fed up. And this is a guy that speaks very well. This is a guy yep. that, I mean, he was a captain for a reason. And he commanded the locker room for a reason. It's because he simply earned it a generational pass rusher. Do I think he's the best of all time? No. I think the best one might potentially be Aaron Donald. And he might be passing Dick Butkus. I mean, let's be honest. Dick Butkus. He was a middle linebacker. I thought he was a nose tackle. But anyway, the most important point is JJ is going to well, it doesn't even have to be about money at this point. He was owed nothing this year. So money aside, where can he go? And it could really be, well, any team outside of Houston. Do I yeah. think he's going to go to a scrub team that's rebuilding? No. 
But do I think that he's going to go somewhere where it's a deep threat and they are going to embrace him and he's going to be able to adapt to the culture or he could set the tone to a locker room? Absolutely. I remember with the Kansas City Chiefs, Terrell Suggs, he helped command the locker room. That's one thing that wasn't talked about. But his presence was known. And he talked to a lot of young guys, and he was an influence in there. Certainly was. Really, with JJ, I think there's about three teams that make sense. Because I'm thinking he wants to go to a team that is going to contend. And I think he said as much during the middle of the season that he didn't want to be on a rebuilding team. So that leaves him, I think, with just three options. Hmm. The first one is the Green Bay Packers. Now, whether they'll be able to afford him or not is a little dicey, but he's from Wisconsin, grew up a couple hours from Green Bay, and they could use a presence like that. He might take veteran minimum. Who knows? It's possible. But they are arguably the closest to getting to the Super Bowl. So I certainly think Green Bay is a definite possibility. The other thing with Green Bay is that his wife, he she plays in the Women's Soccer League for the Chicago Red Stars. So if he were in Green Bay, it wouldn't be that far away. Now, I don't think Chicago's a great fit because... Nope. They they're not a contender. Like Chicago needs a quarterback far more than they need defense. So I don't think that would be viable. But Green Bay, I could definitely see it. My second choice would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got TJ there, you've got Derek there. So playing with the brothers would be a definite possibility. Are the Steelers a contender? That's the biggest question. I think they are going to bring Big Ben back for a year and presumably go all in. So if Watt intends to play more than one more season, if he plans on being around two more years, maybe he goes to Pittsburgh for one year to play with his bros, see if Big Ben's got one last run in him. I don't think Big Ben does personally, but that's – just me he could prove me wrong on that maybe he signs with Pitt for one year and then plans to move on again to ring chase Hmm. the last one is the buffalo bills i'm not sure about their cap situation personally but another guy who could be in the middle and stop the run that's kind of what buffalo needs obviously you got josh allen high-powered offense there They're a real contender in the AFC. So those would be my three. I think he ultimately ends up a Packer. The only thing I have against the Packers is the drama. Now, what I mean by that is if you go by how things have been going on over there and Brett Favre's, uh, not Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers has been going, uh, on the Pat McAfee show and saying how things are cool talks about the game, the breakdowns, he goes into a lot of stuff and 
at the end of the day, what you see on the field, I'm not sure if he's good covering it up. You know, he's get, he's a controversial figure to a point off the off the field. He just is. Yep. There's been miscommunication with the draft, the team, everything else. Uh, lack of wide receiver help. Uh, not paying for a wide receiver at the deadline. There's a chance where, even though I think it's home for JJ, I think there's just a time where he could go in there and he could just be like, you know what, guys? Seriously, I'm tired of the clown show. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of this crap. The goal is to win and to win now. He's not going to put up with that BS, in my opinion. But at the same time, I know it's going to be hard for a guy at any level to go into a locker room in a situation where you have no idea what it's like and start applying demands. I think right. that's the only thing that holds it against them is what happens in that scenario there. Yeah, that's true. Another option I have, a team that, I mean, Carlos Dunlap helped them a little bit, but he was disappointed, but he had no help. Seattle. You could say with the drama and bullshit there. I The only thing I could really say is Russell Wilson was complaining about how many sacks he's taken. But you want to know what's funny? Did I tell you I looked up how many uh, the most sacked quarterbacks the last uh, two years, the last three years? The last three years, who has taken the most sacks? Deshaun Watson? Yes, with 169. Yeah, I think I remember that vaguely. So, yeah. And Russell Wilson, it was second place, but I think it was in like the high one, I want to say 140 something, 150 something the last three years. Mm-hmm. Listen, his offensive line outside Dwayne Brown hasn't been a priority for a while. It's true. You haven't put that in priority for years. He's frustrated. Except, here's the thing. Where Deshaun is being quiet about it, Russell had his camp, his talk on a radio show, and he's screwing it up for, might be screwing up for Deshaun, he might be making the organization look bad, but everyone's just in our chaos. JJ's not that guy, in my opinion, that just loves drama. He likes results. He likes hard work. He's a no-nonsense, work-your-butt-off kind of guy. And that's why he's got so much respect from everybody. Yeah, that's fair. Do I think it's a fit? Absolutely. And the other place, I mean, it also depends on his salary. I mean, there might be a weird one out there. But those would be my... I think those are my two. I mean, I don't want to say Buccaneers anything like that. So even though pro football focus marks him as the top free agent edge defender with a score of 85.8, the second one being Lawson from the Bengals at 76.3. I mean, that's obviously JJ's the heavy favorite, the leadership qualities, who he is, his production when he's healthy. Just a matter of time. Right. You talked about the 
low drama, no nonsense kind of approach. I think Buffalo would fit that. Sean McDermott seems to run a fairly tight ship up there, have his guys focused. So I think he could be a fit there. I agree. What about, I agree. What about you as a Chiefs fan? Would you want to see Watt as a Chief next year? You know, I would obviously open him up in uh, open arms. I mean, could you imagine Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and J.J. Watt on the same line? That would be scary. And then it doesn't matter who you put as the, our defensive tackle. You have those three guys rushing at you at the exact same time. Who are you going to double team? Yeah. So, you have I mean, five offensive linemen. Who are you going to double team? That would be a pick your poison. So, ring chasing, Kansas City seems like a good place to do it. And obviously, it would be a short term arrangement between the Chiefs and Watt because. They're going to have to pay some other people down the road. But if they could squeeze enough space to get him in on a relatively cheap deal, it'd be possible. And like I said, run defense is kind of what he specializes in, and the Chiefs could use a boost in that area. Yes. Again, I see this contract being low money. Possibly. I mean, he said, listen, I'll eat up all these millions to be released. He left potentially $17.5 million on the table. Yep. Guy truly needed a change of scenery. Yeah. And would I be in open arms of him going from battle red to chief red? Oh, absolutely. I'll do it tomorrow. Get that man as much barbecue as you can. I'd do it. Yep. Could be an interesting bidding war. Got Casey barbecue or buffalo wings or cheese. (laughs) That's what it's going to come down to. Which food do you like the most? (laughs) So what does Pittsburgh have? Great question. I've never been to Pennsylvania. (laughs) We don't know. <laughs> uh, Maybe they just have right. ketchup. Heinz Field. <laughs> that's, that's the best I got. <laughs> He's got a hot dog and fries. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. But uh, moving on, because this is an expansion team, you brought this up. And I did a little bit of research. Two guys come obvious. But then when there's two guys, when you were talking about the Mount Rushmore of Houston Texan players, there's two that me and you can agree on being J.J. Watt and Andre Johnson. Yep, those two, no doubt. So, you want to hear who I have for the other two? Go ahead. And it sucks because when you think about other franchises, right, you just kind of think the name and you're like, oh, yeah. Remember them. I remember hearing the stories. I've seen the pictures. Mm -hmm. Love them. 
But then when you got an expansion franchise that's got a limited history, you can't just go to yourself, you rub your eyes and you're like, eh? What? What? You know what I'm talking about? You kind of say to yourself yeah. how and why? Yep. So here's what I got for the Mount Rushmore. J.J. Watt, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, Yep. Matt Schaub. Yeah, those are some very and good selections. We, we can't say Deshaun Watson because if you want to go by the the seasons of the 4,000 yards, well, 2009, Schaub has 4,740 yards. That is 29 touchdowns off 15 interceptions. He's a gunslinger quarterback. You're just used to it. Yards per game, uh, 298.1 yards a game. Quarterback rating that year of 98.6. And his final year, 2010, 4,370 yards. Just barely 4,000 yards in 2012. His only Achilles heel, injuries. Yeah, that's a very good point. And that concussion, remember, he takes his helmet off and he's shaking and he's holding his head. Yeah, that was what pretty year, nasty. I forgot what year that happened, but after that incident, it just seemed to be just the downfall of his career. It was just yep. in shambles after that. Sad. Yeah, it's it's a tough one for sure. A big question is where do you put DeAndre Hopkins on this list? He was obviously supremely productive in his tenure. Led the league in receiving at least once. Was an all-pro four times, four-time pro bowler. Just absolutely incredible. But do you want to have two receivers on here? Yeah. Well, scratch that. I'm looking at this. So now we we know when it comes to judge what judgment calls. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Who who do we take out of between Foster and Schaub? Who do we take out to put D Hop, who's been obviously a generational talent? Well, I was just thinking out loud about some other guys that could be there. So I mean, it looks three, like Nuke was there for pros. Nuke was there for seven years and obviously excellent during that time. Some other guys that had fairly long tenures there would include Dwayne Brown, who was an all pro, made Pro Bowl multiple times. Why they traded him was a mystery to me. Mario Williams, another potential candidate, though he was an all-pro in his second season, made a couple of Pro Bowls. I'm not sure he quite has enough. It's just hard to take out of that list. I mean, I could say Hopkins has to be in there now that I look at the numbers, but if we go by... 
I'm going by Arian Foster because those couple years with the Dolphins and now he's like a rapper or something. Yeah. I mean, first team all pro 2010. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Schaub out. I think he just misses and I'm going to put Nuke in there. So I'd have Nuke, Foster, JJ, and AJ. Let's see. Huh. Funny. That's real funny. In his career as a Texan, Arian Foster and D-Hop have the same amount of touchdowns. How about that? They both have 54 touchdowns. He was in Houston for seven years. Arian Foster in Houston for seven years. He was hurt, and D-Hop had Brock Osweiler. Yep. Shame it's the how same that... damn thing. <laughs> yep. Another guy who should probably get a, some honorable mention here is Jonathan Joseph. He joined the Texans in 2011. Was a very good player for nine seasons. Was an All-Pro his first year. Made the Pro Bowl, and he's the franchise leader in interceptions with 17. And he had four pick sixes. Gotcha. Yeah, but I just don't think he quite lived up to the other four. So. Gotcha. So uh, here, here's one more. Now that JJ is gone and is going to cement himself in the Mount Rushmore probably forever because he was just that generational of a talent. Yep. Now that he's gone, who is the best guy on the defense? Next best defender in the history of the franchise has to be Joseph, in my opinion. A little bit above Mario Williams, a little bit above Brian Cushing. Well, I met I met currently, but yes. Oh. Next, probably Cunningham. You got a lot of stock in uh, Robbie, Moore, Watkins, any of those guys? Merciless, even? Merciless, not anymore. That's fair enough. I mean, the fact that you got some guys on here, I mean, I mean, you got a second round draft pick going to special teams. I digress. Yeah. Guy's going to give me heartburn at this rate. Justin Reed, I mean, I think at the young age, it's just so hard for the the uh, defensive backs to adjust, particularly corners. Because if you look at the last draft, have you seen how many corners have struggled? I have. And mind you, Jeffrey Okuda was supposed to be drafted as a 
on our generational talent at corner. But so far, people are labeling him as a bust. Yeah, fat Patricia screwed him up. Well, only put a ton of pressure on him, too. Only put half his body weight and pressure on him. Yeah. Hey, just remember, half doesn't sound like a lot until you realize half is a whole person. That's a good point. (laughs) Stress is bad. So is that. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, I would hope that one day Deshaun Watson could be somewhere on Mount Rushmore, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be gone. I think uh, he has the potential to be uh, Mount Rushmore somewhere else, but because of the ownership and the front office, it is... Well, it's the one that got away now. Sad. Well, the one that will will be. But yeah. Oh. Hopefully there will be a draft pick we get in the Watson deal, the inevitable deal that could make Mount Rushmore someday. But hey, that is going to be I a got, long time away. I think I got one more for you, and... I know how I'm always going doe the pain during subjects where I just can't function and I need to cool myself off. I think I got a good one for you. And so let's see if you could do it. Could you name me the top five most painful moments as a Texan fan? 2019 divisional playoff. Got to be number one. Doesn't have to be in order. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the, the Mexico city laser pointer incident. Uh, let's see. Is the Bras Osweiler, uh, contract in there? Yeah, that is a decent contender. Let's see. Honorable mention, maybe? <laughs> Probably. Maybe the whole 2013 season, whenever I thought that Schaub was going to continue leading this team on the upward trajectory, they go 2-14. and 14. They end up with Clowney. <sighs> Just when you think it's going to be good, nope. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> is the beginning days of the offensive line when David Carr was quarterback in there? Can we just put the offensive lines for the Texans as a pain? Sure, why not? I mean, that bracket of pain I talked to you about, that guy in just one section out of 64, it didn't even have a year. It just said New York Jet Drafts. <laughs> Fair enough. It didn't even say a year. It just said jet drafts. So we got the 2029 uh, playoff game. We have the laser pointer incident. We have the Houston Texans offensive lines. Yep. And what do you got for two more? 
or or are we going the Brock Osweiler contract? Yeah, sure. We'll throw the Osweiler contract in there <laughs> and the the whole 2013 season. I'm I'm actually surprised there isn't a few more. I mean, is there one that you're not thinking of right now, or is that I'm sure there is. I'm out? sure there's something I've tried to forget. <laughs> I think you've done well. <laughs> I, 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 see, I see you just circling around trying to process it, and you're just kind of like, wait, this happened. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you as a sports fan, my most painful moments, boy, I mean, I think mine are more harsh, but still. still yeah this coming season will be 20 years of texans football did you just imagine like a report just being like hey sir 20 years this franchise like yeah go shove it (laughs) (laughs) i mean heck if if andre johnson's telling the texans organization to go shove it what does that tell you yeah, certainly tells you something, not something good. Nope. Nothing good at all. Yeah, but I was as I was saying, 20 years, they had some good memories, but it feels like they're going back to square one. And where do you go from quarterbacking from here? It's a great question. Because you need an offensive line. You need a quarterback. Hopefully he could scramble. The wide receivers are going to need work in, depending on when uh, Cote's a free agent. And then you get you got Cobb for two more years. Uh, Cooks, I'm not sure what's left with him. Tight end's a weak spot. The running backs, you probably got one or two more years from them. I think one year for both. Then touch up on the defense. I mean, if you're going to rebuild right now, that star quarterback, I mean, that star, that star power, it's not going to come for another two years most likely. I mean, he could get lucky in the draft, but he's going to be limited. It's true. Yep. I mean, I could think about retooling, right? Like, my thought was, going into the year, it's like, okay, got no draft capital, and there's a lot of free agents. Kenny Stills, before his release, was going to be a free agent. If you couldn't re-sign Fuller, why couldn't you sign Kenny Stills? But you released him because of everything that went on in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to be out two wide receivers. Kind of comes like that. It's like, you could make a decision, regret it, and then you go, okay, I could beat this. What happens when your next option just derails? No matter what, Fuller need to be traded, cut and dry. He need to be a Packer. He could go anywhere. He needed to go somewhere. But it didn't happen. Second round, not. third round, guess what? You're not going to be able to resign him, and that guy could have been your highest draft capital pick of the year. 
Sure could have been. Depending on the Watson situation, of course. Yes. I think the worst thing to do is to hang on to him after the draft. Right, because then teams will have settled in who they have for their guy coming into the year, and then Watson may not be worth as much. The not thing about it is as much, but what about the if you decide to draft a quarterback next because you're like, okay, we got to draft a quarterback if Watson's not here, right? Is right. there going to be another draft of quarterbacks like this where I'm not sure how high you rank these five these five guys? I mean, Lawrence, we rank him pretty damn high. Of course. The other four out of the five, depending on where you rank them, is there, there going to be another class in the next year or two that's going to be up to this caliber? I really don't know. So far, I'm going off as no. So that yes. means you got to act. So you if do. you're not going to be drafting Sewell, if you're not going to be drafting a quarterback, you want to play hardball, make the bad decision. Aren't you just going to end up being screwed? You will. Don't go to the grocery store when you're starving. And that should be the motto with unloading Deshaun. It is, as we are on this cast, it is February 15th. The draft is about two months from now. Tick, tick. So far, nothing's been even relatively close. Yeah, my guess is the organization's playing hardball to try and drive up the price. Oh, what? This is going to end up being like my cousin Vinny. Probably. I don't even know how many teams are actually seriously interested. I heard a report that last year there were only two teams seriously interested in Brady. They were the Chargers and the Bucks, And we saw how that turned out. Could you imagine Brady going to the Chargers? Where's Herbie going? They might have drafted Herbert anyway. Have him sit well, for yeah. two years and hmm? let Brady do his thing, but that's obviously not what happened. But that's neither here nor there. I just think that that team had so many needs that I don't think you could have drafted Herbert. I think you need to draft an offensive lineman immediately. Possibly. I I think you need one of those tackles. Yes. But the point is, even if there's a Watson trade, let's hope that one of the guys they get in the deal for him could end up being on Mount Rushmore in 10 years. Let's hope we don't have the same four people on this Mount Rushmore in 10 years because if it happens that'd be a feudal decade i will say though i mean d hop is a tremendous talent you have you have to admit and if you have to think of who he was as a texan right Mm -hmm. it's hard to say that a guy with seven years 86 hard yards 54 touchdowns four Pro Bowls, and three first-team All-Pros. Oh, hopefully he's not there in 10 years. Well, I mean, we could hope for a guy to be at this level. 
But, I mean, it's just so hard to come by. It really is. How many wide receivers can you go and say, this guy is going to have about 100-plus catches a year? How many receivers can you say this guy's going to have? Well, you kind of average well over a thousand yards a year. Well, there's not many, but there could be a guy at a different position than receiver that could be up there. That's kind of my and point. Stay, and stay around a lot longer. I get it. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Too true. Too true. So, so, is all you got today, Tex? That's all I got today. All right. All right. So, on behalf of AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.